Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. We're just a few days out from a big pivotal game in the Michigan football season when they face their rival, Michigan State. Michigan has a quarterback in J.J. McCarthy who's been able to help Michigan State undefeated to this point. And we're going to talk about J.J. and what's to like about him. Today with me, I'm talking to Anthony Tresh from Pro Football Focus. He is the lead college analyst Definitely somebody I encourage you all to follow on Twitter at PFF underscore Anthony. How are we doing today, Anthony? Uh, doing pretty good. It's very much gloomy outside, but we're surviving. We've got the allergies all flaring up. So yeah, I got football you know, all this week, so I can't complain. Life's good. Yeah, life's good, and football makes gloomy Octobers and Novembers a little better. For some people, they... They go to the Hallmark Movie Channel. For some of us, we watch football on Saturdays and Sundays. Well, actually, once Maction starts, it's going to be every day of the week from Tuesday all the way to Monday. So I'm looking forward to that. But let's get talking about J.J. McCarthy, Michigan's young quarterback, 19-year-old. His first season as a starter took the reins in week two, has not looked back. Anthony, he's somebody you've been high on for quite a while. I know you said things of that ilk back in January, but last week you released a top 10 quarterbacks in college football. You have Bryce Young from Alabama at number one, USC's Caleb Williams, number two, Ohio State's C.J. Stroud at number three, then you have J.J. McCarthy at number four. Would you like to explain why J.J.'s so high? Yeah, I mean, down the world, right? It's very hard to find a flaw within his game, and considering he's just a true sophomore, that's 
I mean, that's astonishing because most of the time when you get an underclassman like that, it doesn't matter if you're a five-star recruit, you have a lot of issues, right? But J.J. hasn't really shown that. Um, even last year when they put him in, you know, those one-off scenarios, you, you could just see the capability that he has, just the, the different element he adds to the Michigan offense. And I, I, quite honestly, I don't even think we've seen the full J.J. yet. Um, I think it's very much been – you know, somewhat conservative so far. And I, I think when we see it kind of in the big games, we're going to see, you know, some high-level high play from him. And I already think we've already seen that. Um, you know, really, I think the, the biggest con, you know, if you're looking at it from, like, an evaluation you know, NFL perspective is probably could pack on some more, you know, to his frame. But overall, it's been, you know, everything Michigan fans could have possibly dreamed for. I mean, five-star recruit comes in, very few hiccups to start. Um, and he's looking like a very, you know, veteran-type quarterback so far with some of his decision-making and, you know, just with what he has from an arm talent perspective mixed in with the athleticism. And it adds an entirely different element that Michigan just really didn't have underneath Kate. Yeah, exactly. And McCarthy, it's funny, some people, I it doesn't matter if I don't say anything about Ohio State at all. I, I don't have to troll Ohio State I get fans in my comments if I throw out a McCarthy stat that's a favorable one. And here's a favorable one for you. McCarthy leads the nation in completion percentage among qualified passers at 77.1%. That's 111 of 144 throws. Anyway, whether it's a Clemson fan, Ohio State fan, the people who don't want to see Michigan do well this season for ulterior motives, they say that, McCarthy can't hit the deep ball, but if you're hitting at 77.1% and that's what you need to work on, you're in a pretty good spot as a 19-year-old. So you said a minute ago that you don't think we've really seen the full JJ. So what would you like to see Michigan do schematically that kind of unleash him and some more of his skill set? Yeah, and like really the big thing with some of his deep shots is that I, I don't think we've seen enough to even make that an argument, right? Because I think he had a good base there, and I think most of the deep balls that we've kind of seen from him, you know, outside of the, you know, the Hawaii and Colorado State games, just kind of been the, the you know, broken play, under pressure, you know, give him an opportunity, you know, long down. Let's just go up and try to get the playmaker to make a play because we don't have an out here. Um, and, you know, some of those have fallen incomplete, but, you know, again, I don't think we've seen a good basis of that. And I think that a lot of that has to do with just the way Michigan has kind of designed their offense, right? I think, again, it's been a little safe. It's been very much leaning on the ground game, understandably so, because I think Blake Corum is one of, if not the best back in America from a ball carrier perspective. Um, I mean, just the speed, the way he can control his body, the elusiveness, the balance, it's, I mean, it's a special, special mix there with Blake Corum. So I, it's totally understandable why they have been playing the way they've been playing, because you know, they haven't really needed J.J. to hit those deep balls, right? They haven't really called those up on a, at a consistent rate. I think those earlier games in the season, you saw a little bit of it. And, you know, everybody knows, you know, Jim Harbaugh, who he is. He likes to kind of, you know, he has sportsmanship, but he likes to put up points, right? I think the lesser competition, he likes to do that. In, in conference play, you know, they're just going to do enough to get by, and I think until those big games, and we're going to see a little bit of a mix there. And I'm curious to see what they're going to do this weekend. I think we're going to see kind of what, you know, the full J.J. McCarthy can bring to the table. Um, so, again, I, I think it kind of has to do with the offense by design, but the completion percentage aspect, it's, you know, some people can say it's a fluke. 
you know, I think you look at area quarterbacks, you could make that argument with, but in this case, it's not. Um, I, I think one of the most telling stats, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but his outside the pocket passing is absurd. Just a couple of weeks ago, he was like 20 of 22 outside the pocket. Um, just what he can, some of the throws he can deliver off platform, you know, in, with no velocity change, um, is still on a, on a dime in some of the small windows. I mean, it's hard to throw in the move like that. He's consistently hitting this guy. So, you know, I, I don't think there's anything, any concern that, like, oh, he can't hit the deep ball. I, I don't think that. I don't, I'm not buying that at all for a little bit. Um, I think when the moments come where he needs to hit those, he's going to hit those. Well, that moment's going to be coming, and uh, it would be nice to see him do it on Saturday against the Michigan State team. Hasn't had a good year, but always seems to have Michigan's number more than they don't. But McCarthy this year, Michigan, they weren't all that good in the red zone last year. You know, so-so. This year, in McCarthy's six starts, they're 29 of 32 red zone trips have equated in a score. 26 of those 32 trips have resulted in a touchdown. He can do from a red zone perspective and other areas that could kind of alter the game plan against Ohio State if they do bottle up the run. Because that's something that hasn't happened to this point in the season, Anthony. Nobody's really been able to stop Michigan's rushing attack. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing with him, I mean, it's the athleticism, right? It's just the added element of like, hey, you know, we don't have to worry about the, the run game in the back. we got to worry about the quarterback, right? We've got to worry about these zone reads these option plays that they run um, because, I mean, J.J. McCarthy's, I mean, I think if you put him in some different offenses, he's going to have, and he's got good rushing numbers this year, but you put him in another offense um, that really, really harps on that, that doesn't have a Blake for him, you're probably looking at one of the, the best rushing backs calls for Bill Cena in the last couple of years. I think he's that you know, talented of a player. They just haven't really needed to utilize him. So I, I think that's another thing. It really stresses defenses. Um, really, you gotta, they got to be heady. they got to be aware. Um, because, you know, with those option plays, you can't make the wrong read there or else it's going to be J.J. McCarthy 40, year, 40 yards down the field on a run. Um, very explosive player um, in the designed run game. So, I mean, it definitely stresses defenses there. And, you know, in the red zone, that comes in clutch. Um, you know, and I think, too, just the with what he, he can do from a passing perspective, um, you know, defenses have to play him in a different way. They probably would want to, you know, take some of those throws that, you know, J.J. can make away. But, you know, with him being an athlete and with uh, the run game in general, it's really hard to play that way, right? And so they, they want to bottle it up. But, again, we haven't, we haven't seen it yet against some of the Big Ten teams, but I, we're going to see it, right? I mean, if you want to bottle up, close the box, it's fine. J.J.'s probably going to hit you downfield and beat you that way. It's, it's totally viable. So, you know, it's definitely a nightmare for defenses just because, you know, they gotta they got to be, you know – keeping track of everything, right? And I think, too, you add in all of these, these skill position weapons, you know, on these schemes, these scheme touches, right? On the, the reversals and the jet sweeps and the end around. I mean, it, it's it's a lot to handle. So that's where I kind of look at the Michigan team and say, okay, I think they're a little bit closer to Ohio State than a lot of people think. Of course, with the AP, people you can see that just a few spots away. But, you know, if you look at the early spreads and, you know, just in general, the way people are talking about Ohio State compared to Michigan, I think they're definitely closer. Um, you know, Michigan's got the bodies on offense. Definitely be there. And even defense, too. So, you know, it's, it's a very intriguing setup. And, you know, like I said, I don't think we've even come close to saying, you know, what the, the full potential of this offense can be. 
Yeah, I'm glad you brought up Ohio State because that's what I was going to ask about next. Now, Michigan had a bye week this past week, so I actually got to watch an Ohio State game from quarter one all the way to quarter four. Didn't have any Michigan football work to do that day. And man, does that look like a dangerous offense with C.J. Stroud at the helm. And the receivers that they have, absolutely ridiculous. And Marvin Harrison Jr., who looks like his father on steroids or something, or some Hulk medicine. And then you got Egbuka, you got Smith Jigba. So you say that Michigan isn't that far off from Ohio State, but how dangerous is Ohio State? And do you think this will ultimately kind of be a shootout? Yeah, it's definitely not a slight towards Ohio State when I say that. Oh, no, of course not. Yeah, and and to, and to your credit, you have Stroud one ranking ahead of McCarthy on your quarterback ranking. So, yeah, no sliding of Ohio State at all. Yeah, I mean, these are two dangerous, dangerous teams, a lot of talented players. I mean, a lot of people are going to be playing in the NFL on Sunday's here in a few years. So, you know, there's, there's going to be a ton of talent playing in that big rivalry game. That's in my opinion, um, going to be two undefeated teams playing for a Big Ten championship and college football playoff spot. Um, you know, I think there's a formula to beat Ohio State. Um, it's going to be a lot of, I think, Michigan's front four is really going to have to have a big day. You look at last last year, um, you know, CJ Stroud get him under duress, and you can't do that through, I think, bringing heavy pressure. Um, when I say that, just like, you know, five, six-man blitzes, just because they have so many quick outlets, and he is a sharp processor, so he can get the football out quickly, um, that they can beat you that way pretty pretty easily, and you can lead to some, to some busted plays. But um, you get that front four, like an Aiden Hudson, they have Chavo, like they did all day long, and kind of get them off the spot a little bit and rattle them. I mean, it can, it can lead to a close one, and last year it led to a Michigan victory. I think that's kind of going to be the key again, um, and it's definitely not going to be easy. It's going to be a little bit tougher. I mean, I know Michigan's got a potent, you know, defensive line, really strong defense overall, but, you know, they don't have that game record anymore. It's more effective effort. That's going to have to be everybody playing at their your, their absolute best to kind of, you know, maybe get them in a situation where he, he forces a few turnovers. But, you know, overall, it's, it's going to be a dangerous group. I think, you know, you're never going to completely shut down that offense with the amount of weapons that they do have. Um, I mean, honestly, Marvin Harrison has looked like one of, if not the best wide receiver in college football this year. Um, you know, he's definitely been that good of a player. So, you know, it's definitely, it's got all the makeup to be the game of the year, the game of the century. Um, and uh, one I'm very much excited for. And, you know, everybody loves points. Everybody loves offense. And, you know, everybody associates Big Ten with bad offense and poor defense. But in this one, I think we're going to see some pretty good offensive display and lead to a high-scoring affair that's going to be, you know, kind of down on the wire finish there. So. I'm pumped for it, but, you know, these two teams got a lot of football to play ahead of them. Yeah, I'm pumped for it, too, and throwing a slight curveball here, but give me your top three quarterbacks for next year's NFL draft. Uh, yeah, number one, Bryce Young, definitely. Um, he's got a similar issue from a size factor, just with the musculature of his body, you know, the muscle makeup, but he's got a you know, better height. You know the potential for size perspectives there, but with Bryce Young, I mean the guys, the guys going to be sub six feet in the NFL, and that has a farewell as we we've, we've kind of seen. Um, and that's going to be a big knock on him. It's something that he can't really fix. He's you know he's small, he's short, so I think that's probably going to be a big knock on him. But still, he does everything else great. Um, we've seen enough from him. I think 
his overall processing ability is second to none. You know, what you can do when knocked off rhythm two is absurd. Um, and, you know, this year he doesn't have the elite offense around him, but he's making it still an elite offense. So, you know, uh, again, you know, the size is an issue with him. I think the footwork's got to improve. But overall, he's just about as good as a possibly gets from a process, uh, prospect perspective. Um, so Bryce Young, number one. Um, CJ Stroud, number two. Again, I have, I would probably say there's a pretty considerable gap for me from one to two. And I think with Stroud, if I had a top five pick, I'd be pretty cautious to use it on him. Um, again, I think he's doing he's doing everything Ohio State's asking him to do. He's in a great situation. Um, I just kind of worry about the you know. I, I think that the, I don't think it was true with Justin Fields, the Ohio State offense, but I think with this case, it could be a little bit of an issue. Um, I want to see more from him, forced off his first read, kind of making some plays. I think he's gotten better, definitely. Um, but I do think that this year has definitely not been as strong as what it even was last year. Um, so I definitely think he has a little bit of room to improve. But and, and two, I think when it's kind of in tight quarters, you know, I'd like to see him. You know, I think from an NFL perspective, not being so much of a scrambler in those broken play situations hurts him. I don't think it's a problem in college. He can survive that way. He's done done it so far. Um, But that's something that's an element I'd be a little bit cautious about. Um, Just overall, when the play's breaking, can he kind of, you know, put the team on his back at the NFL level, not necessarily the college level. So, you know, I'd still have my number two, but I think those are kind of the big red flags for me. And, shoot, I don't even know if I have another three. Uh, I know a lot of people were hyping up this quarterback class to be, you know, one of the best ever. It was five first-round guys preseason. But I, I, I just don't see that next guy, right? I know a lot of people are like, well, look at Hinton Hooker. He's putting up stupid numbers. He's a Heisman quarterback. But he's not – I mean, he's not asked to do a lot of that offense, right? It's very, very simple, uh, very, very quarterback-friendly. Um, I think Coach Heifel has got one of the best offensive designs in college football. I mean, we've definitely seen that, but – it's pretty simple from a Reed's perspective. Um, it's what, just, what, about, uh, what about what uh, about Sam Hartman or Bo Nix? Or do you think they're both going to be so-so and out of the league? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think they'll get their opportunities, right? I think with Sam Hartman, um, I, I think the offense is going to be a concern. That little that slow mesh RPO, I mean, that's a lot of where his success has arrived, and you're not going to be able to run those at the NFL level. Um you know, that's just a pure college offense that will never be replicated in the NFL, which is the, the way that the rules are and also the players, right? You just can't get away with that. Um, so I think that's a big concern for NFL teams. Um, I think he'll get an opportunity, but I think he's getting – he's just in a perfect situation at Wake Forest that maximize, maximizes his skill set. But with Bo Nix, I still think we're probably going to see the Auburn Bo Nix kind of come out at some point this season. Um, we've seen performances like he had against UCLA and out at Auburn. But he's always countered that with a really poor performance. I think the way he plays is too – it's almost too gamerish, right? He just kind of wants to go out there and make a play. Um, he wants to be the superhero in a lot of ways. So I, I think there's some concern there. Um, you know, just overall – the overall makeup of his game is just not a sustainable way to win. And I, I have some doubt that he can perform inside of structure in the pure passing game at the NFL level. Um, I, I just don't know if he has the consistent accuracy on those types of plays and just the, you know, the understanding to be able to do it. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I think they'll definitely get their opportunity. But, you know, even you know, 
Will Levis, in Kentucky, Tanner McKee of Stanford, um, Anthony Richardson of Florida. I see that I see why people are infatuated with what they could be, but I would be very, very cautious to call any quarterback other than Bryce Young or CJ Stroud really a first round pick for the twenty twenty three NFL draft from my perspective. Well, no matter what, it's probably gonna be a better draft class than the one this past season. That was pretty brutal as the rounds dragged on and quarterbacks' names were not getting called. But, Anthony, we're definitely going to have to have you back talking not only about J.J., but in the lead-up to the draft, talk your top quarterbacks. But uh, would you like to tell everybody where they can find you online and where to find your stuff? Yeah, over at PSF.com. All kinds of great stuff there. And you can follow me on Twitter at PSF underscore Anthony. Um, you know, my guy, my creator, puts out all kinds of crazy draft stuff. Uh, just absurdly talented. Trevor Sickle doing a lot of great stuff, too. Um, you know, outside of it, a ton of great people to also check out over at PFF.com and, you know, all over Twitter. So be sure to check all that out. Yeah, we love PFF here at Maze and Brew, and we love the fact you came on. So thanks once again to Anthony. And once again, this has been Trevor Woods. You can follow me on Twitter at Woods Football. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And I'll be talking to you on Saturday after Michigan faces Michigan State. Take care, everybody.